Borax song earthlets. My name is Connor, alongside my friend Fox. This is the 178th episode of Space Spinner 2000 podcast. For two Americans trying to make... don't care anymore. For two Americans trying to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for February and March 1988, progs 563 to 566. This time... The ABC Warriors meet the army. The Strontium Dogs meet the Rockmen. Uh, <laughs> Nemesis might have met his match. We'll all meet Tyranny Rex. And we'll get to the meet with an A of Oz as Super Surf 10 begins. Oh, my God. It's pretty great. Uh, oh man, so much of this is great. I mean, like, one se- look, the only, the only downside, I think, is like 178 is not a power number, you know? Mm. Not, I'm not really feeling my numerology side of me which definitely definitively a hundred percent exists and i no one would ever say otherwise about who i am fox fox <laughs> i'm so goddamn tired of your numerology <laughs> you know i've always god is that not just something that needs to be said uh. <laughs> everybody says it you know he's always he's always turning words into numbers and then adding those numbers together and then it's like ooh that's a big deal and it's like no buddy i mean how else it's would not. i how else would i get along with my kabbalah and then also finding out when the rapture is excuse me rupture where the rupture is ooh and speaking of rupturing cabals wait no first <laughs> if you want to read along with us you'll find the comics recovery today and judge you're the complete case files 11 or 12 i should say uh abc warriors the mech files one nemesis the warlock book three strong team dog files four and 2000 ad extreme edition 21 but speaking of rupturing cabals nailed it it's <laughs> got it got it in one <laughs> 301 ABC Warriors. ABC Warriors. Come out and play. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, scripted by Pat Mills, art robot Simon Bisley, lettering robot Jack Potter, and John Aldrich. Man, I love the art. I love this art, man. I also, Good. I also love this. I, I know we're going to get there, but I love this kingly dude wearing what is effectively a, uh, or maybe kingly woman. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Not gonna, not gonna body shame, but I love the 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 fucking whole get up. They've got yeah, going got, on. Got, got going to ballet lessons. Good times. Oh, it's beautiful. So we start by meeting the Queen of Wands, which, according to the internet, usually means confidence and independence, but here means an older, kind of stout military lady named Major Savard. With a, with a sweet hound. Yeah, she's got a cool Doberman dog. It's real cool. She's meeting some kind of king here. Yep. I, I Maybe emperor of the old empire, I guess, whatever was, was then replaced by Torquemada, but they're all still immortal thanks to all the time juice that comes out of the Black Hole Gateway. Yeah, I mean, they, they do make references here, like pretty heavy-handed, looking at the camera like, it would become like a fucking termite mound. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah, it's a reference for, for late, for a whole different thrill, for God's sakes. Ooh. Anyhow, she doesn't like robots. Yep. Um, And doesn't think they should be the ones taking care of the Black Hole, but this king guy just says she's a, a robot racist, which is fair. <laughs> they, um, they exist. Verified yeah. throughout I mean, pages I mean, of this comic. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of that. Meanwhile, the time leak leaks do seem to be animating a fair amount of zombies, who in turn do seem to be killing a fair amount of people that they come across, which is bad news. Including a hippie um, and his, like, uh, you know, swell-dressed yeah. lady. Yeah, or like a guy with a Mickey Mouse hat and an exposed butt crack. Oh, man, love it. Love it. I love the Mickey Mouse Zombie- hat guy. 
Yeah, zombies include T-Rexes, Maymoths, and uh, Nazi zombies. All the worst kinds of zombies. <laughs> I mean, really, it's the it's the zombies you want to shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. The emperor gets ready to do some weird ballerina stuff and extols the virtues of deca- of the decadence of immortality when a, a messenger comes for Savard. Six warrior robots and a human have been spotted leaving the time waste. Ooh, not good. And, and they... Yeah, and they say six robots and a human because maybe, like, Hammerstein hadn't joined the squad when they were spotted. It, 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 it's hard to tell. I mean, you know, easy to miss, I guess, but he's the loud one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is supposed to, like, I, I don't know if this is just a typo or if it's uh, hinting at some deeper um, deception or something. Because everybody does get captured. It's not like that they get six and then, like, deadlocks <laughs> free or something. He's among the, those captured. I guess if you're a robot racist and you're going to, where we're going to get to, where you kill all of those robots in the thing, like, you probably don't mind that there's a seventh. You're like, oh, good. Another one. Yeah. One way or another, uh uh, Savard does blame them for the uh, time leaks. <laughs> as you and do. So, yeah, and so she mobilizes her forces as we cut back to the warriors. And, like, here's the thing that I'm not a fan of Fox. Because okay. we ended 562 with Hammerstein coming back to life and seemingly being, like, murderously jealous of Deadlock. Yeah, big time. And it seemed like there was going to be a, a confrontation between them. Nah, but, dog. <laughs> nah, instead things are just kind of cool. And you know he's like we first see him kind of wondering where black where where black blood is, which and he just seems to be doing whatever. So like I don't know. I think this might be one of those things where it might have been something that got that that that, that fell through the tr- the cracks with the change in artist. Yeah, maybe because SMS did the last part and, and Bisley's back on here, so maybe it just kind kind of got lost in the shuffle, hmm. or like SMS sort of drew it as more of a cliffhanger than than it really should have been. Maybe that's fair. I mean, I, there is a little bit of tension, but that seems to get relieved a little bit, like yeah, much later. And I, th- and I guess instead of a big confrontation, it just means now it's sort of boiling under the surface. Yeah, essentially. I mean, I feel like that's just going to be a thing with with him and him. Yeah. They and they. These two bots. Yeah. Mean, meanwhile, Black Blood has found a replacement for the leg he lost last last episode, a uh, drill taken from a human road crew he's just killed. Yeah, great. Uh, Black uh, Black Blood blames them uh, blames this murder on the fact that they had to leave the time wastes, and there's discussion about who's in charge. And then the warriors just go full un- unruly Dungeons and Dragons party. Where, <laughs> like Hammerstein wants to bury the dead body. Both Terry and Blackblood suggest eating their corpses <laughs> as Joe starts rifling through their pockets. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. If you've ever played D&D with a bunch of jerks, this is what happens when one person is trying to be like a regular hero and like everybody else is playing thieves that are constantly stealing everything from all the rest of the characters. Uh, and yeah. then like you try to fight. And some guy, like, stole your sword? And it's like, well, okay. Like, I understand that, like, you're trying to have fun. But, like, could you have fun based on fighting the monsters instead of, like, messing with me, another human? And, like, no, apparently that's not it. And that's why Conrad didn't play D&D for, like, eight years. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) All because of fucking Joe Pineapples? Well, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to, like, I'm trying to have fun, like, with the world instead of just by messing with my my, uh, so-called friends. I mean, I agree with with. that. I feel like uh, like D&D is either a vessel for a great time or a vessel for the friends that you already have that you'd kind of know on the fringe are a little bit like dickheads to just kind of duke it out with each other over a table. Yeah. Anyhow, enough of my hurt feelings from many years ago. Oh. Uh, Deadlock says that that eventually he's going to have to kill some people uh, pretty soon, too, because he needs the uh, the nourishment of their dead souls. 
But luckily he won't have to wait as they're then ambushed by Savard with heavy troops, helicopters, and tanks. Big jobs indeed. Oh my god, there's a a whole lot of them. How are we going to deal with this? I mean, you know, the normal way, I guess, just kind of fighting. It just really seems, you know... They just shoot a lot of people a lot of the time, and I feel like they're, they're, while generally outnumbered, they really do just, like, crush everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, we switch to a Major Savard's perspective as she leads her forces against the warriors, and she just hates robots, you guys. I mean, she really underpins that while also talking about being a caffeine addict. Yeah, although the uh, the caffeine that she seems to be ingesting does come from a very boozy-looking flask yeah, I for don't, the record. I don't think that that's caffeine, man. <laughs> She starts insulting the different members of the Warriors, um, and she can't stress enough how much she hates all the robots. Yeah, man. I hate robots. They're treacherous, cold, and ruthless, and capable. Capable of feeling with fingers that vibrate and kill. I mean, I feel like the vibrating fingers probably isn't the worst part, but the, you know, the killing part, sure. You get behind that. They vibrate fast enough, though. Yeah. That's how they kill you. Oh, (laughs) with pleasure. Yeah, amazing battle scenes here, just like crazy busily just having the Warriors blast yeah, everything man. in existence. I love these, like, she, I love that undershot of, like, Joe Pineapples just, like, aiming while, you know, she's totally, grabbing yeah. his leg and then fucking Deadlock just riding around with a fucking sword, cutting people's heads off. One of Bisley's big moves is just this, like, sniper pose of, of Joe Pineapple mm. that feels really iconic to me. I yeah. really love it. Um, as they fight, she says at least her troops respect her, when in fact we see that they hate her and gossip about her daughter ran off with a robot behind her back. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. <laughs> the battle wears on, and it's, again, kind of hard for me to describe just sort of all the awesome, like, combat that's going on. It's definitely worth looking if if you can. I mean, just even um, looking at it is good. It's just yeah, good. it's awesome. Uh, Mechquake eventually accidentally drives into a bog, and suddenly Hammerstein takes a direct hit. He's still recovering when suddenly they're surrounded and Savard seems to be on the verge of victory. Oh, my God. It's going to get that gross face on with a toothy grin. And ooh, what's coming up next? Heavily outnumbered, the warriors have been taken captive, stripped of their weapons and taken to a massive breaker's yard to be interrogated and executed. I think the most black blood's been captured. Oh, yeah. Like, that's right. He buried himself in a fucking like in the ground. Last episode. Rogue Trooper special. Yeah. (laughs) He's got that drill, you know? (laughs) Hammerstein tries to throttle him when he does and accuses Black Blood of treachery, but Black Blood spreads suspicion around to Terry, Deadlock, even Mechquake. Mm. Everyone's like, nah, it's probably not Mechquake. Yeah. There's There's no way that it's that guy. (laughs) Not enough pawn for that kind of treachery. Deadlock says they should accept their fate and then uses the tarot to run down Savard's personality problems <laughs> as she wanders around yelling at soldiers and drinking more caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> the major rolls in, is not amused by Rojas's jokes, destroy him first. And also about and eating poop, from what I can tell. Yeah, well, listen, Rojas is a sewer droid. That dude's eaten a lot of poop. That's just a fact. <laughs> That's fair. She- she then orders Hammerstein to strip down to his underskeleton Ooh. and tries to shame Terry for loving him. But man, she's into it. Yeah, she's and like, that's uh, the best part. You got me to like the bits I want to touch. Yeah, get her fingers inside those circuits. It's like uh, oh, man. that one part in, in that show, The Boys, where things get real weird. I, I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's good. Uh, yeah, the, it's, it's based on a graphic novel written by a future 2000 AD guy, uh, uh, Garth Ennis. You know, worth, okay. um, got some connections. Anyway. 
when when you then get to what I'm talking about, you'll be like, oh, Conrad, that's a gross <laughs> reference. Um, okay. I, I noticed also that Ataria started calling Hammerstein his name instead of Craig, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, she's and getting she, attached. Yeah, and she calls Savard a low cla- a low cast flesh robot. Oh. I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> and she gets a slap for that one. It's pretty yeah, bad. Not pleased. And she said, "Yeah, a writing crop." Oh for yeah, the face that's right. Effect. It's a writing crop. Jesus. <laughs> Hammerstein tries to explain the situation with a time waste, but Savard isn't buying it. She seems to uh, turn into some kind of pig person. I didn't yeah. understand what was going on here. I mean, you know, it's like but, a uh, it's like a Ganon Ganondorf thing. I figure could be. And she says, "Them sent to the crusher." Mm-hmm. In classic Robusters fashion, the bots all seem pretty okay with being destroyed. Which right, I they're appreciate. like, well, you know, that's crushing. How it happens. goes? Yeah. Uh, Savart orders their head removed, their heads removed, and then all of them placed in the crusher. Rojas is first, then Mongrel, and Mongrel's very sanguine. It's all right. I want to die. Yeah, and he does. Oh my god, they throw his head in, or I guess like they pull his head off, but they haven't crushed them yet, which is kind of what I thought nah. was going on. I think they're just waiting to get everybody in there, you know? Like, it's like a, it's, it's like a smoothie, you know, you, you kind of cut up all the different fruits and whatever, but then you put them all in the blender. I'm just saying. Then you do the blender. This is likely a bad move. <laughs> oh yeah, well also it's just classic supervillain stuff, for the record. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> like... it's, you know... I know it's one-on-one business, but, you know, that's why monologues are never a good idea. Oh, you know, post, like, monologues while someone's bleeding out. That's, yeah, that's what you want to do. Exactly. Get the job done and then espouse your strange philosophy. Yeah. from the sh- Speaking of strange philosophies, mm. from the shadows watches a, uh, a being of chaos and destruction distilled from the blood of innocence, the primordial serpent, the monad. Who is becoming way less uh, Leibnizian, post-Cartesian cosmology, Whoa. and way more like kind of Gnostic sp- spirituality stuff? Anyway, okay. <laughs> man, I'm looking up monads. It's a term that's been used a lot over the years. Okay, so I'm just sort of bringing up, trying to, you know, I, I, I took I took a philosophy 101 class right when I was reading um, that first ABC Warriors story where, where the monad like showed up. Okay, and like. Showed the, those monad pages to my uh, to my professor, and he's like, "Yeah, it's not quite what what Leibniz is talking about, but it's still interesting." <laughs> like, fair enough. Awesome. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, the monads watching with glee as the ABC warriors are killed and tossed into a, into the breaker, and, then we, and we get kind of the the third or fourth time where we've had some kind of outside where we had all of the ABC warriors kind of like. Like, there, there's been a rundown of how people feel about the different warriors, I guess. Mm. Like, where there's kind of group shots and, like, ah, yes, they're brave and bold, but also treacherous and wily or whatever I else, guess, you know? yeah. I mean, I don't feel like treachery is really a thing that underlies them, but I'm getting... I mean, but, but but it's focusing on individual yeah, bots. Exactly. So like when it's like it'll cut to black blood when it says that. For yes, instance, what I'm trying to say black blood is um, oogie. Yeah. So they prepare to toss Terry in there, but Hammerstein disapp- disapproves. But Terry's into it, man. She's like, "Yeah, I'm a robot. Fucking robot me up, man. <laughs> Pull is, my head yeah, off. I'm ready to go." <laughs> she's so down, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> It's the only way for a robot to go. It's just so what yeah. the fuck? So, you know this like can't be stressed enough. Terry is is insane. Like she's not. It's like, fantastic. <laughs> she's got, got a weird outlook. She's my favorite uh, ABC warrior. She's fun. Re- uh, reports come in of undead activity. Ooh. 
Um, but, uh, you know, Savar just kind of blows it off. Like, and, who uh, gives a shit about the... these undead? We got robots to crush. Bad move, yeah. by the way. Come on, we got to stick to one genre or the other, all right? <laughs> so... <laughs> robots or zombies, you know? <laughs> um, inside the breaker. <laughs> like, like the breaker pan. Yeah. Uh, Rojas and Mongrels are talking and Rojas is just really starting to get in depth in a discussion of the sewer and Mongrels <laughs> just like oh god oh, man. stop if this, is, if this is death I want to live yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's very true so you know Rojas grabs him by the chain and starts whipping him around well Rojas wants to get back well Mongrel like knows if he gets back to his body he'll be able to reactivate mm. it but it's too far for him to reach so yeah Rojas uses his antenna to grab uh, Mongrel's chain and toss him at his body yeah man which awakens the mech beast and he comes flying out saving Terry from the fall which is all pretty awesome thank god for bluetooth the f- <laughs> yeah pairing yeah uh, the fight is on as Savard's oh six are attack dogs on the bot and Hammerstein explodes it in a huge collapse out of guts and eyeballs. It's oh, real man. bad, dude. He makes that dog go. I turn into just a paste and a blood mist. It's so it's fucking aw- gross. With with eyeball with with two eye- eyeballs flying in opposite directions. Right. Love that. Um, we are really starting to see the time constraints put on busily here, though, as all of the backgrounds have pretty much fallen away, and it's just the characters in action on like open white backgrounds. Oh, basically. sure. But I mean, you know, which is like me some stark yeah, no, contrast. I mean, it's good. It's stark and fun, but it is a big. It is a big difference from how we started with with with, with Bisley. Oh sure, and like you know, the loss of backgrounds is always the mark of um like oh like ah, these deadlines have caught up on me. <laughs> like, I'm in trouble. I gotta like you know get something out here for sure. Um. Yeah, so the the monad is just sort of going full supervillain and like, oh, this is just a temporary delay. The guards will get them. They've got their last hope. That's all it is. Clearly so not omniscient. Yeah, as the ABC warriors kill more and more dudes. Um, the uh, especially when suddenly at the fence, an army of undead arrives. Oh, what's up? I guess Deadlock's been doing a thing. Maybe don't let yeah. the fucking Robo Warlock like summon an army of the dead. <laughs> And bats. Nah, it's fine. There's a couple of bats yeah. in there. I mean, they're just sort of there for ambiance. They're hanging out with the corpses. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm just saying the man's got a flair for the dramatic. Definitely, as we see him standing with his giant robot claws as this horde of so undead guys, of uh, zombies come pouring in. It's awesome. Um, the zombies are fighting the humans, as are the bots. Even Mongrel does as he tries to also get his head back on his body. Oh, I mean, funny. he he pulls a he pulls a Bill Savage and starts whipping dudes with a fucking giant chain. <laughs> I like killing them like so many geese. <laughs> <laughs> the warriors manage to get their weapons and gear back. They load up on Mechquake and they're heading out back to the time wastes. Hey, man, nice little nice little diversion. My favorite, however, is of course uh, Hammerstein riding on the top of. Mechquake with his hammer arm and his shotgun arm outstretched like he's riding a yeah. fucking dragon. It's pretty dope. Oh, yeah, it's all yeah, he's going full uh full full Atreyu on that. Oh thing. yeah. Or, or no. What was the name of that? Turn the... around. Yeah, never ending story. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm there with um, you. <laughs> um the Monad is pissed. He's been saying, like, oh, it's just a delay. It's just another delay. And now he's like, no more delays. <laughs> I think there will be. I mean, you're a bad guy. They're awesome robots. I mean, 
there definitely will be some delays. The next ABC Warriors uh, will be called Enter the Exterminator, but we're having a temporary pause of the Warriors for now. They'll be back in Prague 573 to continue their adventures. No, I don't so, want that. Like, it's getting so not, good. Yeah, so like not next episode, but maybe the episode after that, I think. That's, that's when we'll That's some ball hockey. It. It's true. Um, and uh, speaking of um, of uh, dangerous games that children play, Fox. Oh, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? It's complicated. There's a moment, just a moment in there as we talk about Thrill 2, Strontium Dog. What? Those kids kick that soccer ball, you know? It's like oh, a dangerous yeah. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Script, exactly. Script robot Alan Grant, John Wagner's Alan Grant, art robot Carson Scare, letting robot Gordon Robson, Skid Robson. Two things I like about this the word squashies and stone me. <laughs> good, good rock puns. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to list all the puns that are in, in the next issue ones for this one because I think they are hilarious. That's fantastic. So Johnny Alpha and Durham Red Fox, they're mutant bounty hunters. Yeah, beautiful. On the trail, yeah, they're on the trail of some rock men, aka granulian murderers of their uh, fellow <laughs> strons on the granite planet. Their ship has just been shot down, and some army guys are rolling up to apologize. I say, you squashies there. <laughs> what, what? Um, you got in the way of a wonderful missile test. Oh, most irregular. It seems the uh, air traffic control sent them flying over a military f- uh, f- uh, firing range, which is quite odd. It explains a lot. Yeah, the army guys give the dogs a ride into town while uh, where and once there, Johnny braces the ATC folks while Red checks in the local law. And it, uh, man, it sure does seem weird that traffic control sent you just fucking right into a missile test. I mean, that's what the boss of the air traffic control says too. He's like, "That's impossible." Then he checks out in the logs, and it totally did happen. He's very confused about specifically, it. Specifically, he sent him there. Well, no, I think one of the other rock guys did, oh, okay. didn't he? Like, right. I, I forget. It, on Like, not to be, like, alien racist, but all these rock guys look the same to me, Fox. Oh, wow. Wow, dude. I can't even believe I mean, you. They, that's you know, not, not even, all of them that's not even true. Some of them are yeah, bald, they, okay? <laughs> they, there are actually a lot of fine differences between the rock guys, but I forget about what happened last oh, episode. Oh, I mean, they all, I mean, look, Conrad, they all look pretty much like the same standard design to me. So, you know, yeah. when you're that chiseled, um, you might as well look as uh, as chiseled as you can. Hey, Johnny tries to brain scan this guy, but the granulian brain is just too alien. He can't get in there. The stone's on Johnny. Am I right? Yeah. They do agree to replace his shuttle at least. And Johnny worries this means that they were expected as Red arrives at an apartment building and pays the cabbie in integral credits, which is presumably the money we've been talking about so far. Yeah. And just gets an ass load of rock money in, a, in change. Which I imagine is, uh, is like pretty heavy, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the uh, the rock men, you know, they they don't have a ton of like it's it's. I mean, it's not, just not, not everywhere. the richest part of the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> but then you know things get a little rocky for Red. Hey, I, I see you doing it, Fox. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not responding to it. Um, <laughs> heading in, Red dodges a boulder and turns like with her gun out, but it's just a ball. Some rock kids been kicking around. At the cop shop, Johnny picks up Red's tail and heads a cab as Red herself picks a lock in it at the apartment and breaks in. You know, good thing that uh, I guess you can pick rock locks. Totally. Johnny tells the cabbie to hurry as Red Big Lebowski's a pad of like <laughs> rock paper, I guess. I don't know. I am. Well, I am. Yeah, maybe it's just feel like they they chisel 
They're fucking everything into things. Yeah. I guess that, that that would leave an impression on the next sheet as unlike what Jackie Treehorn did in The Big Lebowski. Uh. <laughs> Red finds a hit list, but the uh the but as she does uh, uh sorry, a hit list of the strong team dogs that have been killed recently. But as she sees this, a voice attached to a rocky hand appears behind her. Looking for something. <gasps> next time, between a rock and a hard place. Oh my god. Durham Red, sexy as she's menaced, gets the rock man to introduce himself. He's Chucky Stone, and he don't like snoopers. <laughs> Chucky Stone. He advances on her, and she opens fire, but it's got no effect. Bullets don't, you know, rock beats bullet. That's like the secondary thing of that, our I, rock, paper, scissor I, thing. I, well, sure. You know, I feel like, I feel like definitely bullets would not beat rock. Mm. He grabs her and crushes her gun, then tosses her across the room. Meanwhile, Johnny's doing that same dance as Red with the cabbie, but when he hears a crash, he just uh, tells him to keep the change. The cabbie's like, all right. Yeah, man. (laughs) Red's dodging around, but she gets a slashing slap as Johnny runs to the apartment. Snap. I mean, and you know, tries the same thing. And of course, Chucky's thinking two birds with one stone until he gets fucking shot through the chest. Yeah, Johnny's got the uh, smashed him with the number three cartridge that does manage to blow a good uh, baseball or softball sized hole right through the rock band's chest. I, you know, and I don't know about you, but even if their or- internal organs are stone, it's uh, it's probably a lot of. I, I mean, I guess magma. Like what? What fills their veins? All I know, what, we're, we're, like, a man is dead and we're just wondering about his physiology, Fox? Yeah, how could the... you be so, how, how could you be so stone-hearted? <laughs> I'm stone-cold, baby. 316. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, I wanted to tell a stone-cold story, but it's so boring. I'm not even I, it's all, it. I anyway, mean, I love stone-cold Steve Austin. Mostly it was just that on that episode of uh, Hot Ones he was on when you, when, oh, that uh, thing you was, showed me. That was awesome. Yeah, but but his tagline is that's the bottom line cuz I cuz I said so and it's because the original <laughs> line that's the bottom line cuz Stone Cold said so has been copyrighted by WWE so he can't oh, say it. Oh, <laughs> that's fucked up. Or at least in a non-WWE format is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. He can say it if he's doing a show for them but not on some YouTube video. Anyway, <laughs> Red's okay um, and says she just wanted to run this down on her own to save time instead of actually be in the middle of double-crossing Johnny, though he's skeptical. Um, oh, actually, no, he, he kind of warms to her side, but he's definitely like, I don't know about this, Red. you got to earn my trust. I know. I took you for granted last time, and, you know, shame on me. <laughs> There's three others in the gang, and the dogs figure the hit list. Um, uh, from the hit list, that can only mean one thing. There's a traitor in the doghouse. Oh my god! So let's go to like doghouse number one, bastard. Rolling Stones. Oh, at the doghouse, the Strunts brace doghouse boss George. They accuse him of being a rat. There's no way the Rocks could have known all the info of the missions to be able to ambush the Strunt team dogs without uh. Like the doghouse, no, um, without help from the doghouse. Ugh. George calls his assistant Brian for help, and Johnny scans George's brain and finds him innocent. <laughs> yep. I mean, you know, it's you never think it's never going to be J. Jonah Jameson that's the bad guy. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I mean, sometimes it is, but usually not. <laughs> All right. Because like he bankrolled like the creation of the scorpion to like to kill to to like fight Spider Man, but then the scorpion himself went crazy and it's like, oh my god, this is what I, this isn't what I meant. Oh uh, god, man. I just wanted to make some news headlines. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, um, Brian, the assistant, shows up. He seems nervous, and just spills the beans. Yes. I thought you two were dead. So he did not keep his coal. 
No. Uh, Johnny, uh, sorry, Red gets all vampy on him, and Brian eventually agrees to talk as Red does sample some of the wares. I guess he's working, like, he's got, like, a hit list or something. Okay. Or, this, or like, the Stones came to, the Stones had a hit list, and they were like, hey, tell us how to kill, the, like, where to, where to ambush these guys. Oh, my God. All right. he gave them the info. Anyway... So, so he doesn't know who hired the Stones. There's one more person on their hit list. Who is it, Fox? Oh, well, Bitten face my go- by God McNulty. <laughs> I mean, the the whole time, I mean, Red's just threatening the shit out of him with his teeth. Yeah. The man it's was petrified. <laughs> uh, the Scott himself is arriving with some other strants, including a buzzard dude, kind of a froggy guy with eye stalks, and a dude with a uh, soccer ball, I, or possibly football ball for Ed. You know, I'm pretty good with like uh, the friends he decided to have come and drink with him, basically. Definitely, yeah. They've been hired to guard a distillery and never have foxes guarded so many hens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's better than, I guess, like, better to be drunk on the job than getting stoned. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, as so, as somebody who's worked in the video game industry long enough, oh, yeah. I'd say that I I prefer a stone worker to a uh, a stone colleague to a drunk colleague. For the record, yeah, uh, for the record, me also. Uh, it's a little rough just because one's unavoidable and the other's more just sort of at special events. Um, <laughs> One just sort of stays quietly to themselves. <laughs> Yeah, come on, buddy. Anyway, Middenface gets to drinking as the Strand set up shop. Learning of the job, Johnny and Red wire to Middenface to expect company and head out to help him. I mean, man, does he not get that message? <laughs> Middenface is blitz. He's singing a lumped bass <laughs> version of the uh, fam- famous uh, making fun of Scottish people song, Donald Wears Your Trousers. Okay. That sounds like a great song. I just came down from the Isle of Skye. I'm never big, but I'm often high. The lassies say when I go by, look at the lumps on that one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) These guys are super drunk. Oh, yeah. They're slurring their words in their speech bubbles. That's how you know someone's drunk in a text-based thing. Yeah, I, I I should say the story before ended with a sh- with a sh- with a stone because it's drunk speak. Ah. Uh, so uh, it's all fun and games until a bunch of robbers they're being paid to defend the place against blow through the fence and start shooting up the place. I mean, they kill they, some people before anybody does anything. Yeah, they take out the normal guards and are heading to the into the distillery. Meanwhile, in space, Red asks why Johnny's why Johnny's even friends with Midface because he's drunk and loud. <laughs> but listen, like they go way back to the freaking mutant rebellion when Johnny was just a kid, and there's no one you trust he trusts more in a fight than Midface McNulty. That's I mean it's in fucking a, true. Plus, I mean he's yeah, gonna it, bet on himself for a for a giant like row. Yeah. yeah, he literally has counted on him to win a fight, you know? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Make our money back, man. Yeah. Um, in a very, uh, like, 2180 as seen by 1988, uh, we see a telegraph that's been sent from the doghouse to telegraph office being delivered. Because, like, you know, nowadays you just, like, text somebody, you yeah. know? Like, you wouldn't. If you wanted to get a message to them fast, you you wouldn't hire send them a, a telegram that to be delivered. I mean, yeah, I, this all seems a little inefficient. Although, also, like this kid, <laughs> really, it's just not his day. 
I got to send you a telegraph, Fox, just to see what, I would, what, how it works. I, would, I mean, I feel like it would be both expensive and nonsensical, but I would be very excited to receive a telegram. Yeah, I feel like that. Like it's just like the whole industry is being supported by some billionaire that just likes anachronistic things. You know? <laughs> like- Sending cryptic messages to his friends to invite them to his weird uh, clue-based uh, mansion games. Yeah. Net- Netflix and chill tonight? Stop. Anyway, they uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta find these people to give it to them too. Jesus, yeah. the de- the delivery boy runs afoul of some goons in trench coats and fedoras. It's the Stones in classic comic book disguises. Oof! Um, they snag the telegraph and smash in the delivery boy's head. Yeah, Don't really. worry, they'll deliver it themselves. Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> yeah, these guys are bad dudes. They're pretty bad dudes. Next time on Strontium Dog, in like Flint. Man, oh man, I love Strontium Dog. And to be very clear, at the very least, this one isn't off to a rocky start. I got a thousand of these, man. I did not think that I would like rock people so much as I do. But man, oh man. You know, I love I don't, this. I don't, I don't know why I, I do this to myself, everybody. This is just bad times. Of course you love me. Uh, speaking of people having bad days fox i'm so sorry everyone bad days related to rocks and boulders frankly well yeah go to thrill three judge dread oh my god this whole thing ends so so fucking great and then it's just even more action god i love judge Dredd right now. yeah it's good Script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant. Art robot Will Simpson, John Higgins, and Barry Kitson. Letting robot Tom Frame. So I'm willing to admit uh, in my own stupidity. It's like, why is this man getting a 10-second nuke and running to go set it off, not then remembering he had the belt until exactly when I read this? And I was like, oh, well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's just the comic comic classic comic cliffhanger stuff you know like it's one of those things where it's like oh my god that seems crazy but then like oh no no no, we've solved this problem instantly once we get to the next issue oh sure i just forgot he had the belt for some reason i mean he just had it yeah that's just good storytelling buddy that's fair so action will Will simpson's on art as the judda are attacking the mega city one grand hall of justice as oz judges pound their heirs rock base with with missiles oh hell yeah buddy in response, Dredd has run to the Megas to the uh, Grand Hall Armory and commandeered a nuke. He's <laughs> activated its 10-second fuse, then straps his teleport belt to it and sends it back to the Hall of Judd. Man, not really going to end well for this Hall of Judd. Or the people inside, specifically Judd? <laughs> yeah. Inside, Morton Judd has just enough time to be helped to his feet and think that and think that he'll he's he'll, he's finally going to win when the bomb warps in. Not even his name will help you now. Oh. I am undone by my own creation. And, and we just get just oh, go ahead. the best two-page spread colored that I yeah. like I, this is very much contending for best art for me this year. Totally. Yeah, it's it's a a massive picture of a Ayers rock exploding in a huge mushroom cloud shaped like Judd's face screaming, curse Fargo and his spawn. It's just how I, I imagine nukes working now. Right. Totally. Big, big skull shaped uh, 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 clouds. Good times. The last words that the guy would have said anyway, you know, just to let Definitely. everybody know that you blew him up. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, so much for that uh, cultural and geological landmark, buddy. I mean, Whatever. you know, we'll find other ones or we won't. I mean, the world's already fucked beyond repair, so what's another thing that's lost to time? I do like how even the Oz judges agree with me and say, like, oh, so much for 40 million years of history. <laughs> um, um, Dread fights his way through to an intercom and addresses the Judda. Your base is destroyed. Judd is dead. Surrender. Yeah, that doesn't work. So they just kill yeah. them all. Yeah, well, demor- yeah, the Judda are demoralized and then routed. Only a few are taken alive. The rest fight to the death mm. or return to their base to die in the radioactive furnace that their once that their home has now become. Oh, that's right. Some of them just teleport back, set on fire, and start melting in the fucking radiation fire. It's really yeah, gross. Like, you, don't, you know, you don't want to warp into uh, ground zero of a nuclear blast for no. sure. Uh, the Judd situation is handled, but you gotta hand it to Judd's dedication and sense of purpose. Under other situations, he could have been a first-rate chief judge. This is just a little little stinger, just to remember that these judges are not good guys. Yeah, I mean, they, I was, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, especially with the fact that they were giving him praise at the top of the story. I was just like, really, guys? Like now, now's like, now's a good time yeah. for that. All right. Could you not insult the? Ma- could you not uh, uh, be respectful of the maniac that just tried to kill kill you yeah, all? Yeah, just a like, little bit. Like maybe he wasn't such a good guy, ever. Maybe. Uh, so we move on. John Higgins is on art, and it's two hours to Super Surf Ten. The Ozers are getting ready to rumble. We see a townie in an Oz for Judd or for Jug. Um, shirt letting people watch the race from his apartment as his wife sells refreshments. And now that I've noticed it, I am, I, I do love how Higgins always draws, uh, mega citizens in their, or future people in their apartments in the course of his story. Right. It's always pretty funny. It's like, it's very, uh, it's very comfortable, but a little also super gross. Oh, yeah. The fans discuss who will win as these surfers work out for the race. At a bridge, Jug challenges Chopper to a triple loop around a pole. Oh, it does not work out for old Chopper. Yeah, Chopper washes out after two flips. Um, after Jug flies off laughing, Chopper's buddy Wipeout comes out and commiserates. I guess Chopper's got, he's got a brand new board, a Bondi special, which is top of the line, but it doesn't feel the same as his old Stratos 4. Oh, man. Um, which which is, is, uh, weirdly, the one I have right here. Pat, Pat, no, like, inclination yeah. of anything other than to just give it to you later, but not, I mean, nah. just like, just give it Season to him it. then, I feel like. Nah. As they ride out, Chopper is called into the marshal office. Inside, it's Dread! Oh my god, I hate you so much. I'm going to exchange words with you, pig. Yeah, with the Judda handle, Dread's back in the Chopper business. But he's not arresting Chop. Instead, he's got an offer. He's fine to race, but win or lose, he's coming with Dread afterwards to finish his 23-year sentence. Fuck that. If he tries to escape, Dread will kill him. Fuck that! He'll be waiting at the finish line to see what he chooses. And what if Chopper tries to run before he gets to the end of the race? Nah, man. He won't. He no. takes this way too seriously. <laughs> I love Judd calling that fucking bluff. But what I love more than anything else, Conrad, is being fucking yeah. vindicated. I knew it. I knew this motherfucker was into this dude winning it for Mega City 1. Yeah, yeah. He cheers him as he goes like, get out there and do it for Mega City 1. Fucking awesome. <laughs> As competitors are heading to the start line, uh, Wipeout grabs Chopper and makes him an offer to swap boards. Okay. Because Wipeout feels like he isn't in, cont- in contention, but with the Stratos 4, Chopper could win it all. Hell yeah, man. It's almost exactly yeah, the same, and probably for all plot-related purposes, will function the same. Chop agrees to the derision of Jug, that bounder, and the countdown begins, Fox. Oh, yeah. Three, two, 
One super surf ten is go. I love this uh, the color double spread they have here, where they're just doing close ups on each of the racers that we were introduced to. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. It's, I mean, it's just like the last one by mm-hmm. by Cam Kennedy for Super Surf Seven, where you just get a chance to just see all these racers in one place preparing to ride. Yeah, man. I, I love it. Some of them just like sweating buckets or like just being real serious or looking like they don't give a hoot. Yeah, so they're off. And we're in the uh, Wagner Grant special of sports announcers just calling the action. <laughs> they, they they love doing that. As the uh, as they note the aboard change by Chopper and Wipeout, and the racers arrive at the Royal Oz yacht, the Dame Edna, complete with decorative sunglasses on the prow. Yeah, that thing's awesome. And I love the little, like, not narwhal, but not quite unicorn horn. Like, yeah, little unicorny horn yeah, on, on the glasses. It's, it's freaking adorable. Yeah, it's a giant ship with solar sails that I guess are really bright and hard to look at. The servers have to fly between the sails, minding the rigging as they go, and the race has first blood when Sierra Lord Bungay gets snagged by some, by the, uh, by the rigging. I mean, it happens so fucking fast that some people just, like, die. <laughs> Causes a yeah, goddamn mul- pileup. Multi-surfer pile up as other servers continue. One guy manages to get back up and just gets fully murdered by another racer. <laughs> Decapitated. Yeah, these sur- the survivors are mostly in a pack when some randomer, Raxman, makes a move. Chopper's feeling good, thinks he should thank Wipeout, but doesn't think he'll ever see him again, just because one way or another, this yeah. is, you know, he's sort of out of it. The race continues, and Chopper decides Raxman's too far ahead, so he makes a move as well. The other racers speed up with him. Meanwhile, Dredd is watching on video, along with the crowd and the Oz judges. Chopper knows the score. Dredd's sure he'll finish the race, and if he doesn't get, get give himself up, He'll get the bullet. I love that he turns the fucking safety off now. Like, damn, dude. I mean, I guess he's ready. Yeah, I, I mean, but he ain't gonna be there for a while. So I feel like Judge Dredd's just, you know, he likes to operate with uh, with gun safety off. I mean, honestly, like if I was like a guy that carried a gun all the time, I'd constantly be fiddling with it to make <laughs> points and stuff. Yeah, you know? that's true. Just like to like to look real business. Like if I ever like if I had like a pump shotgun fox, I would never have bullets in it because I'd constantly be racking it to uh, punctuate my statements. You know? Oh my god! <laughs> like, you're kind hey, of you're kind of like go. Homer when when he gets a gun and he just solves all of his exactly. problems with a goddamn gun. Yeah, I'd be like, let's go get lunch you know oh my god well i'd be really (laughs) pumped from that for some lunch god damn it fox all right um (laughs) barry kitts is on art and the race is heading towards the down under sign near the opera house there's a hole in this down arrow you gotta fly through it upside down okay that seems fine yeah choppers first through and other racers make it but previous leader raxman wipes out and gets wedged in also taking out hector gonzo yeah not great the rest are through, but way behind the rest of the crew. Both locals and mega citizens are chasing the racers on, and Chopper and Jug are neck and neck as they near the fun park. Man, this is really starting to seem like blood sport to me, man. Definitely. they. I mean, it's different from, from the last Super Surf we saw, where there were actually judges actively shooting at people and yeah. stuff. That was a big difference. But the course is definitely taking its share of lives, for mm-hmm. sure. They shoot through the Ferris wheel at the park and into the Dodgems, or bumper cars as we call them here in the States. The next stage is to, um is to go down a see-through water slide. 
Which Chopper's ahead, but Jug's right on his tail. He tips Chopper's board, and the surfer falls, going down the water slide the hard way. Feel like that dick did it on purpose. Is it fine to fuck with other like flyers? I guess it wouldn't matter, yeah, would mean, it? You know, they didn't penalize that dude that cut that dude's head off with his board earlier. That's so true. I don't think so. I mean, but maybe that might not have been on purpose. Him tipping on him like that—that's like a. I mean. It's definitely not sporting, but like we all know, Jug's an asshole. So that's how it goes. That's why he's got to do it a little bit. You it's know? fair. <sighs> Next time on Judge Dread, all or nothing. Fuck. And the the dramatic conclusion of Oz. What really? Yeah, it ends in five seventy. We're gonna get four more ish, four more stories of it. God. It's gonna end next episode. God damn! All right. I mean, it's fucking awesome. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah. so pumped by this. We've just been building to it for so long. Totally, yeah. The um, we're, I mean, you know, it's funny we're at the fun fair because we are kind of going up this roller coaster as the tension and this duel between Oz and Jug continues. Yeah, it's really cool. I find really I'm just, great, I, for sure. and, and especially like I appreciate very much the the kind of Judda storyline in between, just mm-hmm. to keep things kind of spicy, right? Like you just kind of had the, you know, you had to go through all the chopper for Oz shit. And, you know, just like a little a little break to remind you that, you know, brutality still exists in this fucking world before going yeah, to a on- different form of brutality. Yeah, and honestly, I feel it, it feels way more contrived of um, Dread actually going to Oz to pick up Chopper, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it, it, it seems I, just kind of two birds, one stone, right? Yeah, but like I, I'm just saying, I feel like if he if he had just gone to Oz for Chopper, I'd be like, is this the best use of judge of a Justice Department resources? Right. I guess? Send send someone else, or just like who cares? Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> like in the end, it's just one perp. Like they got to deal with the whole city, you know. Yeah, that. But um, um yeah. But but having it be a cop a a, uh, a cover for him to deal with the Judda, I think is really good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And also gets him to Oz for a reasonable purpose and things like that. Mm. I don't know. Makes sense to me at least. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And speaking of uh, one stone and many many birds, Fox. Oh. Non thrills, covers, and nerve center. I mean, there was at least one non-thrill thing that I that I decided, oh, I, I'll read that. Some ups and downs. Uh, Prog 563, pumping iron with ABC Warriors. Looking good. I mean, all of the covers for this month are worth a, worth a gander in a big way. There's some good ones. Yeah. Uh, we see Hammerstein and Terry looking super hot in this mm. very pin-up-y kind of cover by, 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 by Liam Sharp. You know. After the uh, ABC Warriors, we get a half-size nerve center along with a big speakeasy ad. Tharg explains the tiny center and thanks everybody for positive feelings about um, and responses to this prog redesign. The single letter also um, also compliments it and also says that a bad company, Nemesis and ABC Warriors, are really good as well. Mm. And then this prog ends with an extremely ace deadlock pinup. The Disciple yes. of Chaos astride his sweet lion-headed ski bike. So fucking awesome. It's pretty good, man. Prog 564, Spy Catcher. A somehow even grosser mimesis threatens a slightly more, a, a somehow even slightly more scantily clad Purity Brown Which, in an old time like mo- monster movie poster cover by, by Liam Sharp. That's what I'm about. Although the, it's the nose thing that I think really makes him the most gross. It's kind of like brain goo yeah, nose tendrils. Got some brainy nose flaps. It's bad times. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but she does look like she's about to uppercut him in the teeth. So yeah. In the nerve so center, long. Tharg announces that the uh, or yeah, in the nerve center, Tharg announces that uh, 
um, con- the, these that uh, the, the the 2080 nerve center will appear on a TV show called South of Watford. Okay. Um, you can actually find that that episode on YouTube called Attack of the Killer Comics. I didn't see the 2080 nerve center in it, which which was kind of weird, but it does just talk a lot about um the evolution of comics um into the future and stuff like that. Okay. And um you know has a big thing about about Halo Jones as well as the usual suspects like a uh, Watchmen stuff. Awesome. Um in um in um there's pictures of Judge Cred, your inflexible friend, which is a <laughs> reference to um commercials for the Axis credit card which was your flexible friend, that's ah. like the term. There's a picture of Torquemada the Hell Raider. What? And what is this? Just, yeah, he's, he's just some kind of gross monster dude that doesn't seem very Torquemada themed to me. To I be just uh, yeah, I didn't know if this was like a. And this isn't me shitting on some some kid's art. It's more of just it. It looked like a, a like a margarita glass full of guts. Definitely got that look. Uh, letters include some readers trying to get progs on Neptune for negative two groats and sell them on Pluto for 967 groats, but sadly the import tax would eat up all your profits. Yeah, if you I mean, of course. FYI. That's why they got to pay um, you to have this comic over there, man. Yeah. Also, someone's had their face rearranged for reading 2000 AD. Uh-huh. Another reader tries to call out the Oz judge for not exploding when he took Dredd's gun. But man, that only happens if you try to fire yeah, the gun. Yeah, exactly. Other judges can handle each other's guns. Man, you just got to be not stupid about it. Yeah, I mean, um, in fact, I would I would assume that they're one of the few people who would know how to handle that. Definitely. Um, the prog ends with a pinup by a scare of the Doghouse Boys. It's pretty good. There's yeah, there's the duck guy we met at the Royal Affairs story, some kind of rhino guy, a dude with one eye on a with a with a stock situation going on, a bad eared dude, and a fellow with an extra hey hand coming out of his ear. Which really I don't think would be all that helpful. Except I mean, because like even if you're gonna hold a gun and shoot from there, it's like, nah. Yeah, although I'll mention that like two thousand AD mutants, their mutations are not really designed to be helpful, more just mm. kind of weird, you know? It's not it's 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 not like X-Men where everybody's superpower See, also helps them in a fight. That's you know? actually <laughs> why I love uh Strontium Dog mutants. Or just mutants yeah. in, in two thousand AD in general. Like when I hear mutant, this is what I think of. I don't think like, you know, I'm rogue and if I give you a smooch, I'm gonna fuck you up, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 much more gross weirdos and much less sort of beautiful psychics, basically. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean we've got That's one the... of those also, but you know, yeah. Who's but counting? I mean th- that is one of the divides between um um the UK and the US is like what mutant means in comics, basically. Yeah. Uh, Prog five sixty five confessions in blood. Oh man, Escara just making everybody look sweaty and wrinkly and freaked out. Durham, uh, Johnny Durham threatening the doghouse staff and a fine Escara cover. And I love these actiony ones. Like it's similar yeah. to one for the Rammy, where it's like the doctor will see you now, and there's like shoot some dude. <laughs> like that. Those are fun ones. In the nerve center, Thar gives the kayfabe explanation for the change in the Prog's address from King's Reach Tower to Irwin House in the south of the, of, of the Thames. There's a picture of a gross judge sludge and a tharg type surrounded by names of characters and creators of 2000 ad complete the halo jones belt experiencing thrill circuit overload let it include complaints about the term earthlets a question about dylan thomas and why the interplanetary prices of 2000 ad haven't risen and like it's you know Mm. british monetary policy that's the answer (laughs) okay um, Midprog is an article called Flicks. Yes. It's a video extra by Steve Keaton. All right. So I I did a forget about when uh, the Star Trek 
Next Generation came alive. Oh, I got you on this stuff. Oh, man. And this was fantastic. This, it was yeah. my favorite part, actually, because, again, I don't, I don't, you, I mean, I, you know, I feel like no one's going to be fucking surprised by this. I don't read this middle shit. It's usually for something like, this is the new movie Morgue, and then it's like, I've never seen this before, whatever the fuck, right? <laughs> but they, they have this thing where, you know, they say, like, hey, you know, what's your analysis of this thing? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, while people might not kind of realize or know like the first two ish like probably like two and a half seasons of star trek um was really like less of like the the writer's show and more of you know your creator show especially when you go back to season one and you just kind of see it's like you know encounter at far point is fucking like pretty goddamn boring it's interesting it's star trek and shit like that but a lot of season one tends to be like very non-conflict based whereas season two is still a lot of a lot like that where and where you get towards the end of the season it's starting to get there which really don't kick off until season three when people were like oh fuck like this is really great mostly because they put like actual fucking thrill power into the thing so it's it was interesting yeah. reading this where they were like, ah, it's okay. It's still got some Star Trek in it, but the new cast, you know, there's no magical blend yet, <laughs> right? And I'm like, shit, yeah, these are I mean, people who stayed for like goddamn like almost nine seasons. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I'd say um, actually like The Simpsons in terms of sort of shows mm. for, from the late '80s, that that had a uh, a profound effect on your boy Conrad. Um, both the, the Simpsons and Star Trek have extremely oh, yeah. ropey first seasons. Like you know, like I could de- like I'd be willing to accept someone doing a a watch through and just kind of skipping the first season of of, of Star Trek TNG. Like they're still figuring out what the show is going to be. The costumes aren't great yet. Like until until Jonathan Frakes have a beard has a beard, you can kind of like it's it, oh yeah it's, it's inessential. Once that beard <laughs> comes on in season two, you're fucking online, buddy. Well, you know? <laughs> well, and what's I, I don't I mean I if you didn't read through this yet, Conrad, I really suggest it. My favorite thing yeah. is like they're like oh you know Patrick Stewart oh dude so Patrick Stewart's in the Kirk position and that's kind of great because he's you know he's interesting, and Denise Cos- Crosby is cracking as head of security. Security. As for the rest, so we'll see. Maybe they're all right. And I'm like, fucking one of those is Patrick Stewart, a known like at, like fucking actor of stage, and has been in several BBC um, shows at this point. Um, but then Denise Crosby, who fucking just like yeah. said like, oh, I'm way above this, and like left and left just like a lifetime of royalties behind. <laughs> Yeah, R.I.P. Tasha Yar oh, for I'm, sure. Oh, I mean, um, you know, I love me some Tasha yeah. Yar and her lasting impact, but that that woman constantly regrets like not staying you, on. Yeah, you gotta think. But yeah, so just so you know, Fox, um, Star, Star Trek: the, the Next Generation uh, premiered in the U.S. in September of '87. Oh, okay. And, and, and what this article about is that it was released on home video um, in 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 1988. Understood. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so this article has some just discussion of the series and stuff like that. You know, again, we've talked about it a bit, but this is all, st- you know, the difference is stuff better left to an actual Star Trek podcast. Anytime um, I can talk about Star Trek, I'm going to talk about it. It's fine. <sighs> yeah. So the video release um, did lead to eventually Star Trek The, the Next Generation being on the BBC 
They picked it up in 1990 uh-huh. and ran it until 1992, which um, basically they got to uh, Best of Both Worlds, one where Picard gets turned into a Borg. They did part one and what? two of that. They didn't finish it off? Well, going to hold the- on, because okay, a- after that, it uh, a new episode started airing on Sky One, a different um, uh, channel. Uh-huh. Okay. But so I think it's kind of interesting because it meant that they um, they started showing it in 90 so basically like there was a two years where they just showed like four years of star trek in like a two-year process that's they they probably just had a new episode a week for that whole time because they were sort of picking up on the old episodes and that's fantastic um a Um, side note before we continue you should go back and look at some of the uh commercials they used to air in the u.s about like the you know what's coming up on the next next episode of fucking star trek which they used to do in the 90s you know (laughs) always good time it's so bad it's so bad wesley crusher is doing this it's the voice more than anything So tired of that, Wesley. Um, anyway, God, tell me after that. that, there's also a video freebie in this episode for the movie Gore, a canon film about the famously sexist and masochistic Sword and Planet novels. There you go. Um, Not going to read I haven't that. seen the. Yeah, I haven't seen this one, but I have seen the sequel, Outlaw of Gore, when it was done on Mystery Science Theater th- 3000. <laughs> which is Wait, a, this uh, is a canon give you an film? Idea. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing with my life? I I know. I just that snapped into my head now. I've got to watch gore. I mean, it's not great, but it is great for what you're looking for. I mean, there's all moving on. There's also a list of places to meet Brian Talbot. He's doing a signing of Luther Arkwright. And the prog ends with a big Bradley pinup by Simon Harris. And that boy is using a device to pick his own nose. Oh, look at his nose. Yeah, whatever. I don't fucking care about it. God, screw that. I, I, I'm sorry, mm. Bradley Heads, or whatever you guys call yourselves. I feel like I'm, I'm interested, as we're recording this, our episodes where we're getting pretty down on Bradley are starting to come out. So far, I've had no Bradley fan tell me, like, either, hey, it's okay, or I am angry at this, which makes me wonder if there are any Bradley fans. Anyway. <laughs> Steve Dillon draw, uh, does the cover for 566, introducing Tyranny Rex. I'm I'm into it. Yeah, she's got a fuzzy haircut and a sweet lizard tail. I am I you know I never knew that I wanted to uh, be with uh, a T Rex based life form. Uh, now I, I kind of I, I mean. <laughs> The other title on this cover is uh, Home Cloning is Killing Music, which we'll also see in the Tyranny Rex comic. It's a reference to the slogan of the British phonographic industry uh, in the 80s, which was Home Taping is Killing Music. And it's illegal, which was an early anti-piracy campaign. This one was anti-audio cassette tapes instead of anti-LimeWire. Uh, well, or else. I mean, clearly it totally destroyed all of the industry, right? Indeed. In the nerve center, there's pictures of Judge Nemesis and a Rastafarian robot <laughs> dreadlock. Get it? Letters include a tired research student saved by thrill power, uh, a burn about the changing face and body of Purity Brown, which is fine. Well, yeah. Reasonable. What, uh, whether 22 is too old for 2000 AD. Maybe. And Rojaw's reading a newspaper during a battle in ABC Warriors. I was going to say, 22 is uh, too it might be too old for 2000 AD, but it's a cyclical thing where then, like, in your mid-30s, you're suddenly young enough for 2000 AD again. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I feel, I feel like I would have been reading this well into, you know, like 30. Yeah. 
I just know that that we're in an era where a lot of people that are that are prog oneers are also saying that they're they were getting too old to be reading the the uh, the, the prog. Well, I mean, video moving games on are to, around, right? Moving on to Dayton and playing video games. And yeah, stuff exactly. Like Mid prog, it's John Brosnan's flicks column. This guy hates every movie, and I don't appreciate his yeah. negativity. I must say. Um, He's writing about a bunch of stuff. There's a production of a failed pilot by the director of Highlander and a lot of hate for Highlander. Yeah, speaking of Highlander, yuck. You know, it's like, come on, man. Yeah, like, come on, man. Highlander's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it, it's perfect. <laughs> like, it's 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 a schlocky fucking movie. And then he's, you know, just shitting all over, like, what will be Indiana Jones. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. We also see... See a Sean Connery signing on to the third Indiana Jones movies. There's insult for Spaceballs. And I'll say, to give what? him credit, that Spaceballs, like, he, he tells a story about how when they were writing the script for Spaceballs, Mel, Mel Brooks would sh- uh, show the script to a bunch of 12-year-olds. And if they didn't understand any, um, any of the jokes, they, they, they took those jokes out. Wow. And I and, and I think that's a reasonable criticism of Spaceballs. Like I loved that movie when I was a kid, but as I've gotten older, it's like it's I've I've I've, I've noticed some cracks in the edifice. I guess. Well, so I think, but that's that's fine. But that's, like honestly, that's just sort of the evolution of those things. Well, that's also Mel Brooks. Uh, like he had mostly done adult comedies, so to speak, right? Whereas yeah. he thought of Star Wars as mostly a, a kids' film. Which you know, people yeah, I, mean, have, I don't want to get argued too... with him about in the past, but like yeah. I understand that, like it's reference based humor. It's, you know, I, I think it was way more kid focused, but he was also getting old by this point. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'd say like the problem with Spaceballs is that unlike say um, High Anxiety or um, or Blazing Saddles oh, yeah. or something, which were movies that Mel Brooks. Cl- like types of movies that that Mel Brooks clearly loved yeah. and was sort of making like 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 loving fun of, I guess. It seems like he didn't really like Star Wars all that much. No, and so like as you know, looking at it with a more adult eye, it seems a little bit more mean spirited than it really had to be. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's a product of his time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's just like I'm not saying like we got to cancel Spaceballs or anything <laughs> like that. It's just like. It's it's something that to be into like wrong, I don't know. Wrong. Sub- we should cancel Spaceballs too. The search for more money. Well, I mean, case in point, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I just um, what you call it? It's just an interesting subtext to kind of know about that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Anyway, it's neat. Uh, there's also a preview of The Lost Boys, which I always like. That's a fun f- fun movie. And uh, the prog ends with a pinup by Barry Kitson with a close up of Dred's face with a gritted jaw as a tiny chopper flies in front of him. Nah. Just nice Aussie kind yeah, of pinup. Yeah, man. I like it. Yeah. And speaking of um, being disillusioned by things you liked when you were younger, Fox. Uh. <laughs> that is really accurate to the truth here. Do my best. Thrill four. Nemesis the Warlock. Script about Pat Mills. Art about David Rot- Roach. Letting about Steve Potter. Filth. It only and putrefy. <laughs> it lived only to destroy. It loved only to hate. It is the Mimesis. Filth and putrefy. It's pronounced by Mises. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Torquemada's handmade evil alien isn't the nuanced reality of actual aliens. Instead, it's a beast from the front of a sci-fi novel, a dark, more a dark reflection of human nature and man's fantasies than an actual thing itself, which is a burn on other alien stuff I, by Pat Mills, I'm thinking. I mean, maybe, but also it just very much specifically says it's exactly Tomas de Torquemada. 
It's just yeah, a mirror. Yeah, it's it's definitely that Torquemada. Interesting that Torquemada would make an opposite of himself, and just makes you kind of think about the dual nature of evil and stuff. And, oh God, it's coming this way! Oh, uh, why is it outside <laughs> the window? And mind you, not punching it at that point. You say, like, "Hello, tap, 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 tap." Tap, tap, tap. Hello, please, if you could let me in, which is how I read his voice the whole time, by the way. That's like, excellent. I mean, I like to think that giant monsters, you get like 99% of it right, but that 1% is always the weirdest part of the monster. <laughs> right, it's got a, got a high-pitched Brock Lesnar-y kind of voice. Oh my God. <laughs> more, more wrestling stuff. I fucking uh. keep it coming, man. I'll find a way no, I, to fit the British Bulldog in here at some point. I'm just saying, like, man, like his voice is not as intimidating as you would as you would expect. No, he needs Paul Heyman. It's a big anyway, man. Um, the Beast arrives at Torquemada's window, and the Grand Master explains to his main squeeze, Purity Brown, who is in underwear but has somehow developed boots and gloves that she was not wearing last Prague. I remember these things. I mean, I see what you're doing here. I mean, I'm in a real misery <laughs> moment here, Fox. It's uh, you know, it's fine. My favorite part of all of this, though, is as like the, they're thrashing around the house. He is just staring off monologuing the whole yeah. time yeah basically he knows she's been betraying him but he does still love her mostly because of the spell though he isn't aware of that but because he loves her he can't kill her personally so he's got to sit uh sick as monster on her because listen like yeah i love you babe but um, don't love is less important to me than galactic conquest uh, specifically so, though it pains galactic me to genocide. Do so. yeah <laughs> so you know though it pains me to do so you got to get got yep um, <laughs> putrefy purity escapes the apartment as the beast comes after and she uses her gloves and we actually saw her use these gloves before mm-hmm. during a sweet tube escape scene in nemesis book one back in Prague 227 which i was looking back up just because of a of, of a future shock we'll, we'll read later and i saw that oh, I was like, yeah. oh yeah 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 those yeah. the same gloves with like uh the m on them that's and stuff. the same Although, horn of plenty her 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 skate boots were rollerblades back then. Weird, like nineteen seventy nine rollerblades. I don't even know if they existed. Then, I'm but I'm all right with that. I think the skis are a little bit weirder. Personally, I'd be down for some rollerblades. Mm. Yeah. The, so she traverses the magma coated surface of a building, backflips, pops, skates out of her shoes, and does some sweet skate assisted jump kicks for the monster. Hey man, whatever gets you away, and then eventually towards a car that explodes. Yeah, she escapes into a tunnel full of cars, but the beast spits a glob of filth at her, which makes it explode, of course. Of course. What do you think you have to engineer inside of a monster to make it, like, vomit filth that then, on contact with things, makes things explode? I mean, I'm not a monster biologist, Fox, but I feel like it's pretty... It's not that hard. I mean, listen, as somebody who's got an, a, uh, an army of uh, Death Guard plague marines for Warhammer 40,000, I'm pretty into the, um, like beasts, monsters, spit and gloop that kills people seen. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm high on that right now. I personally think it's the giant spine tube that goes from, like, somewhere around his midsection of his back into the top of his head while still clearly having a spine that connects inside of his body to the rest of his hump. Like, I think Definitely that's just possible, a, I yeah. think that's just the spew tube. Feels right to me. Yeah. Good use of the word spew tube. Spend me, <laughs> send me money so I can buy Warhammer, guys. Anyway... <laughs> We're full monster movie as the mimesis carries an unconscious purity through the busy tube when they're hit by a passing car and the mimesis goes crazy on it. Beware, be sickened, be damned. Hit by words. 
I feel like be, beware should be the third one, so it'll yeah. rank better with behave. Yeah, but maybe it's just it's it's purposefully inside out like that. Maybe I I mean if it is, or or you know he just like. He didn't uh, genetically engineer this monster to really give a shit about his book learning. So he's just kind of forgetting yeah. the, the script a little bit. He remembers the first branding part. session <laughs> like actual Torquemada had. I mean, yeah. do you think um, that this guy's going to pay much attention? Fair. Um, so coming to... Um, oh my God, where am I? Yes. Yeah. So um, Purity wakes up and tries to escape, but the beast is after her when suddenly it's Nemesis. Oh, look, he finally uh, just decided to show up. In uh, in the yeah. in what I consider the second half of this Nemesis book, which is really tedious. I mean, it is <laughs> when, awesome. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm just like I'm getting this. Uh, yeah, uh, Torquemada and the Terminators also show up. It's a trap. Oh my but, god! Uh, it's a ballroom blitz. Yeah, Nema and uh, Mimi, the cis boys, start sword fighting. When, <laughs> um, but the copy seems to actually be better at uh at, than than the original matching nemesis sword oh, blow for sword blow. It really feels like that kid on the playground when you're like fucking doing some make believe shit. It's the one who's like, "Well, yeah, but I made a monster that uh, is exactly like your monster in every way except that it also anticipates it cuz it knows what it's going to do and then counteracts it." And you're just like, "Man, Torquemada like fucking really Seriously. Purity wonders why Nemesis isn't using his psychic powers as the two aliens fight towards the central abyss of Termite, connecting ma- the mausoleum to Necropolis. I, I, Both of them are taking big hits. I really wish that there was a better reason for why he didn't. I'm just going to put that out there before we get there. Ah, uh, let's, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get into it. Um, they fall into the pit and Nemesis is speared by a massive floor spike. Oh, no. I mean, his guts and blood are coming out. So I feel like this is not a good look, but, you know. Seriously. Impaled on a spike, uh, the the Mimesis moves in on Nemesis as Torquemada calls for his chain axe. Oh, yeah, man. I want to be the one to behead the beast. Yeah, he calls off the Mimesis because Nemesis must be sacrificed to on because uh, a creature of chaos must be sacrificed on the altar of law and order. All right. At this pause in the action, Nemesis moves, throwing himself off the spike and and escaping. He and the Mimesis locked in combat fall through the sky, eventually falling through the roof of a lady in a bathtub. Oh my oh god! No. And you know, to be to be very clear, knowing the inside of most termites' households, this room, specifically the bathroom, has a an extreme lack of like gross demonic fucking figurines or torquemada shit yeah it's it's very a 20th century lady bathroom yeah it's like come on lady like um they kind of fight their way out the window and when torquemada pulls in full bugs bunny like upside down yeah (laughs) it's like they went that away and i love that torquemada falls after them saying i stand back i'm a butcher (laughs) it's pretty funny (laughs) Uh, meanwhile, Purity takes out the tube cops, fights her way free, grabbing a rifle, and now there's two scantily clad ladies in this bathroom. Uh, it's been one of those days, dear. Torquemada run, or sorry, Purity runs out and sees Torquemada rearing back with his axe, which is sadly not a chain axe. It's just a battle axe, which is bullshit. I mean, it it looks like it has the little like numblies on it. Really, I didn't, I I, I didn't see that. I had um, to look pretty fucking close. I I, I kind a, of agree. It, yeah. It's not as big a deal as like the chain sword was back in uh yeah, in two Torquemadas. Exactly. When and you think chain axe, it should fucking be like not just like oh I'm an axe with a little tiny fucking like buzz chain. It yeah. should be like it's more chain than axe. 
Listen, not to talk, keep talking about forty Warhammer 40K, but like there's guys in there that have chain axes. Like I expect a certain standard. Yeah, you know, you know um, it's coming from somewhere. Yeah. They probably just Berser- saw that. Berserkers of the God Corn. Mm. Anyway. Um, Corn's not so bad. Sh- I mean, you know, skulls for the skull throne, I suppose. Yeah. But um, she shoots Torquemada from the wall of the bathroom, causing Torquemada to drop his axe and on the neck of the mummy. Says he's dead. It's the most hilarious fucking thing that could have happened. Is just like, whoops, Butterfingers, <laughs> just cut off oh, the head geez. of his fucking creation, which I guess he can't make again. Nah, didn't didn't try to at least. Suddenly, the Blitz Spear is there, and both Warlock and Human board the ship and escape. Purity asks why Nemesis didn't use his second powers during the fight, and he says he'll explain back in Credo HQ. Purity's pretty excited uh, to finally see it. And it's, uh, you know, I would say that normally it's fine, and then that dude just goes off on a diatribe that I can only, or uh, whatever, just a whole thing that I can only assume is Pat Mills just really saying to the audience, I am so tired with this character. Disagree, Fox. Uh <laughs> Credo HQ is pretty shitty. It's an old office building, or it's an old office with ruined furniture and filing cabinets strewn about with a giant termite termite mound in the middle. Man, because, you know, we really got to lay that on thick. As they as they arrive, Nemesis is like, this place sucks because it's not messed up enough. And he just re- r- r- rattles into some old filing cabinets and threw, throws papers around it's to make more of a mess. fucking weird. It's just weird. Yeah, he's so addicted to chaos that this search for it just makes him seem totally insane. Like, and we realize that like he doesn't want to change anything or overthrow Torquemada. He likes things as they lo- as they are. I mean, this is like a really direct version of this conversation about Nemesis we've been having for a for a while here. Yeah, I think since maybe bedtime story that a photo picture maybe, mm-hmm. which is. Um, that, like, Nemesis is just, like, he's a godlike being, but he's basically bored, and this galactic revolutionist stuff is just for fun. Yeah. He uses psychic powers on the ne- on the mimesis because it made the fight more dangerous, and that's exciting, but, but then, that's it. But then you go into this whole fucking fallacious argument where he's like, listen, I just want to keep things the way they are because it's interesting, and I'm an agent of chaos, as we just saw, but isn't keeping things the way they are fucking order and it's just you know he's not actually doing anything chaotic he's just kind of fucking around which is fine yeah, I mean, if he wasn't constantly saying that he was this chaos thing it's just like I to mean, me it's we definitely it's see an, an example of what he sees as chaos which is just like jabbing a stick into the termite mound that yeah, so he's a sociopath see what happens yeah exactly like he's just sort of like fucking with these bugs for fun basically yeah it's a um, and that sort of future uh or 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 a present ne- uh, um or sorry um boba yeah like a past purity is really broken by this she felt like nemesis was their one hope against torquemada and like that was and he's like doesn't even really want to overthrow him he likes the fight and so for the termites that are trying to do something you know for these bugs beneath his feet like they're oppressed and unhappy but he doesn't even give a shit about that he's just uh, trying he's just in for, for for fun which is tough it's just not what i got well we'll get into it after this yeah she feels uh past purity feels like she's going mad but instead be- because of this but instead nemesis puts a mind whammy on her to make her forget it it's all. a bit it's a bit fucking rapey i mean he doesn't yeah, yeah it's, it's just good. it's just like all right man 
And this is not the first time, and he really just well, yeah. barely alludes to the fact that, sure, I've done it a shitload. Who cares? Yeah, because it, it, it seems like the, the, the tachyon particles must have brought back these memories. And with and now so present purity, with the extra knowledge of what Thoth has just been doing, realizes that, that this whole thing is just one subtle, even more adult game. And that things have just gotten out of hand because Torquemada is like a bug that's bitten uh, Nemesis back. And that's why he's so interested in it. But that's it. It's just that, like, this is something to be interesting. And she realizes that she, she herself is one of Nemesis's game. A bug that's been made to think it's somehow free, when in fact it's just sort of being pushed around and controlled by Nemesis. <sighs> She's pretty bereft by all this, honestly. Like, she... Um, she pretty reasonably, I think, demands to know if this is all she's been made to forget or if there's more hidden memories and Nemesis refuses to tell because he's a jerk. Oh, he's more just like, ah, and you're like, all right, man. Yeah, no, she calls him evil and, she, and and he says he's just a being of chaos and like, I guess, buddy, like this is a pretty rough way of doing this. I just really um, feel like, you know, he's just like, I am this religion totally, but he doesn't he doesn't really act like he fucking conforms to those standards whatsoever. He's just using yeah. it as a fucking like nameplate. Hi, I'm I'm fucking nemesis. I'm an agent of chaos. It's like, all right. Yeah, well, you don't really seem to be getting down on the whole chaos bits. I mean, it's like when someone introduces themselves by saying they're an asshole and then kind of uses yeah. that as a cover just for no matter. Or like, like, sorry, that that they always tell the truth and they use that as a cover for just being a huge asshole, yeah. basically. Yeah. No, I'm just a very truthful guy. I'm just telling the truth. I'm really, you know, just, I, yeah. So here's, here's yep. my, I'm going to lay down some shit here. It's not mm -hmm. as though I did not enjoy nemesis this month right like clearly great arts being done some cool action this is not like i wouldn't say it's the highest class nemesis shit that i've read but it's certainly not like fucking defunct garbage right mm -hmm. uh here is my problem this is not like at least in reading the first you know few volumes of nemesis this is a very different character uh i would say and i don't there weren't any inklings, at least in the beginning of, you know, Nemesis that would have said like, oh, this guy's a fucking chaos, like fucking edgelord. But, you know, he, even when he goes to his planet and he's got his wife and his kid and fucking old weird grandpa, uncle, uh, you know, mm -hmm. he's he's not that he's specifically like a pretty balanced dude. And when, especially in volume one, where he's just rescuing aliens and, you know, Credo and it's this whole uprising thing, like, or when he has like a planet full of like dope ass well, spiders, like keep humans just generally sedated and happy in a fucking like super prison. Uh, it just doesn't, st I don't get it. I don't, I don't get like the, the I do term. honestly, because okay. he, here's the thing. Let me just finish up here. All right. Yeah. Um, Purity knows he. Pretty says that that she knows he's about to to mind whammy her again, but warns him that that if she ever remembers again, she'll kill him. And here's the important thing, Fox. All right, because Nemesis puts the uh, the mind control, the brainwashing back in place, and when he does, he reverts to daring freedom fighter mode. Right? Because mm. he says we must find Torquemada in this time zone. Credo. Yeah. Like he, you know. 
we see that to me, I thought this was a really important thing. Like when it was like he let the mask fall a lot when it was just him and purity, like when it was just them in the time wastes, maybe with the ABC Warriors there or something with people that like didn't really matter all that much. And he had to have the mask even way more up in the early books when he was dealing with other parts of the resistance. Sure. Um, the like uh, the big credo government that we saw in book two and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, that's sort of him like te- like uh, making, um, yeah, just like putting on a face and trying, you know, and, and playing this resistance leader, you know? I mean, because we also see like the other warlocks don't care about humans and just see them as like fleas and ants and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it seems very much in keeping of them not caring about this stuff, that it's only Nemesis that does it. You know, and all we see all the rest of the warlocks are also big on just different, like, um, hobbies and lotus eating and things like that. Um, sure. Okay. And so uh... the way this one ends, it's Nemesis putting the, uh, putting the mask back up and going back into full resistance leader kind of character uh, i just i've been i mean i'm not saying this is a bad comic i'm just simply saying yeah i, I don't like I mean, this guy different. and i mean you know remember like especially the, the early days we don't even see nemesis a lot like he's mm. in the blitz spear and yeah stuff. exactly or he's like you know doing some big mission against against torquemada that he's like really invested in as opposed to now when he's more like the fact that um his that Achira was killed. That Thoth has been killed. Has made him like re, like pull back from his like uh, from the game to be more realistic. Where but that also thus exposes him as being much less the hero he's supposed to be. I mean, the one thing that I'll say is Torquemada just straight up like it seems like the man can't die, and seems to be sowing a lot more chaos than that dude is doing. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, for the record, he's died multiple times, you know, just if you're if we're keeping count. Yeah, like, he, he cannot fucking die. <laughs> Seems like totally. he's more of the agent of chaos than, than fucking Nemesis is at this point. That's all I'm saying. That's super fair, for sure. I mean, we'll see some more of it. But um, so this is the end of, uh, of, of, of Purity Story, Fox. Mm. Nemesis will return in book nine called Deathbringer with art by John Hinklinton and about 20 progs in a like six in a 586 or something like that. All right. Should be good. I'm looking for like that one is going to be a monster. So that should be pretty. Um, I'm a excited. Pretty interesting story. I'm excited to kind of get into it and really pay attention to it this time. All right, sweet. Yeah, and speaking of things that will eventually become quite confusing, Fox. Oh, it's a teaser for 2000 AD fans. Less for you. You'll look back on this and see that. See what I'm talking about. <laughs> but Thrill Five Tyranny Rex. Man, I am so weirdly into this comic. It's fun. Uh, script robot John Smith, letting robot Steve Dillon, uh, or art robot Steve Dillon, letting robot Tom Frame. Um, exciting times as we get started with the Divine Miss Rex. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, I've been very confused by these stories in the past. I'm going to do my best <laughs> to keep track of it all. All right. So, and just so you know, Tyranny will be with us for a long time to come. She's been in some pre, in some actually pretty recent um, um, stories and specials, uh, uh, cool. uh, progs and specials. Long term character here showing up, one of the big ones. Um, but so. <laughs> Um, a goon is taking off somebody's boots when the ceiling caves in, and it's Tyranny Rex. Oh man, just going butt first, slamming onto this yeah. dude. Uh, a lady with kind of shaggy hair with mm-hmm. a tail and fishnets, and the boot wearer is pretty obviously Prince, the uh, megastar. Yeah, 
Praise be to God. Write down with to speaking in Prince uh, song titles and lyrics, like you know the number yeah, two exactly. instead of two or you instead of you, the letter U instead of Y O U, etc. Tyranny introduces herself. She's a huge fan, and yeah, sure. meanwhile, Prince recognizes her as a Sauron, though they're supposed to have been wiped out in fifty-seven for some reason. Okay, but. She was here to see the show, but she also says she's a fine artist. She does metal craft, performance art, neoplastic sculpture. So, uh, you know, gives a job. Yeah, why not? Um, meanwhile, at the Tecton building, there's a dead body on the slab, which might be some other famous person, but looked very Halo Jones to me, I must say. Mm-hmm. A coroner type and a gumshoe type are discussing the situation, or maybe a scientist type. Um, uh-huh. And I guess there's a problem for music types called body piracy. Right. They make clones of you, but they just need a little bit of your DNA to do it. And we don't know who's and doing they, it. And they use the clones to like do, do musical performances by famous people and stuff. Yeah. I mean, this seems a little we- This seems like a lot because, man, it's one thing to take a record and make an audio cassette tape of it that then becomes portable and you can share it with your friends and stuff. It's another thing to have an actual living person that you then have to feed and take care of because you kind of, you know, you're into uh, Purple Rain or whatever. Yes. Else. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, otherwise, all this stuff reminds me of that episode of Futurama where the uh, they, they had a robot clone of Lucy Liu, which was also a commentary on music piracy. What, so there really? you go. Yeah, uh, Fry buys a, a, gets a robot that has like a hologram of of Lucy Liu projected onto it, and they fall in love. And it's like it turns out that somebody's been using the heads of famous people to create um, huh. sexy robots and sell them to people and stuff. And it's like, oh, I, like you're using just... my identity without my permission. I just never seen that episode. And then actual Lucy, like Lucy Lou's head falls in love with Bender and stuff like that. It's one of the it's it's one of the first episode or okay. in the original series because right. like it was for like I think like maybe Charlie's Angels had just come out. Mm. One of those Charlie's Angels had. Um. Anyway, it seems that new laws might be loosening this, but until then, this science dude wants the detective to find these copiers and kill them to make an example. Well, of them. you know that we don't have to just straight up shoot them, right? Oh, yeah, you do. Sense his death. No, okay. Um, Two weeks later, it seems that Tyranny has completely taken over the production of Prince's show as he's wearing, like, a bullfighter costume. Mm -hmm. Short shorts, too. Yeah. (laughs) Always. He wants to take their relationship to the next level, um, but and despite lounging around in a tank top and undies, Tyranny is not interested in that. Oh, I mean, very clearly. Like, he just tries to get close, and she's... I mean, yeah. good for her just being like, just because, you know, I'm running your show and I'm lounging around sexy doesn't mean that I want to have sex with Prince. Yeah, not, yeah. Try, Prince tries to force the issue, which is not cool. Oh. She slaps him, her claws drawing blood and leaving Mark. Marks. He storms out, heading to stage. Tyranny just looks at her bloody nails and smiles. <gasps> She's the clone stress. Next time, nails. Oh, I get it, because the the goop, the blood is on her nails, right? <laughs> goop. I'm I'm pretty excited about more Tyranny Rex. There's going to be some real fun stuff going on here. Lots of uh, fun commentary on like uh, music and pop culture at the time and things like that. I'm into it. <clears throat> I'm into it. Yeah. And things you might be less into, Fox. Thrill six, future jobs. So this, this, this is from not. In, I yeah. mean, this is not it, one of them, though, right? Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, First so it's it called is. One, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Tyranny Rex or this one Cornu- man's meat story? Cornucopia. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This Wednesday. One uh, Man's this Meat. This is a, a future shock. One Man's Meat. Script wrote by John Smith. Art wrote by Massimo Bellardinelli. Letter wrote by Jack Potter. Um, five pager. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, it's far more weird than I remember it being, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, like last time, I think this is another tune-up for John Smith. We just saw getting started writing Tyranny Rex. Like, just sort of like, ah, do some future shocks. Just to yeah. kind of work the comic <laughs> ring rust off and get in here. Um, anyway. There's a rich guy. He loves to eat exotic stuff. He's like Marlon Brando and the freshman or that dude that ate all the Gronks and Strontium Dog. That's who I was maybe thinking of. Yeah, yeah. And it it was funny because trying to look at that guy did lead me back to the old um, um, Nemesis story Mm. that also had the uh, the gloves and boots that uh, Purity used to escape. So weird. Dude, Prog 227 is like the greatest 2080 (laughs) of all time, by the way. All right. It's got like... It's it's got uh, Johnny and Wolf showing down with the Weird Brothers. Ooh. It's got Tyranny Rex escaping through the tunnels of termites. It's got um, the final ish. It's the final episode of Meltdown Man. <laughs> it's got <laughs> really a a perfectly serviceable mean arena story, and it's the uh, and it's one of the culminating stories of a. Uh, of um, Judge Death Lives, including the part where Judge Dread punches Judge Fear in the face and says, gaze into the, fe- into the fist of Dread. It's a good prog. So I um, guess anyway. then you can finally answer for our listeners, uh, did Meltdown Man actually melt? I mean, like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if I'd call a nuclear a, a nuclear explosion to be a meltdown, but I also don't know if that's not true. I don't I, like this yeah, stuff. that's fair. Anyway, didn't they a have rare to trigger? Beast. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna let you continue before I. We're done with Meltdown Man. I mean, you know, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, a rare beast, a squonk, has been found, and this dude wants to eat it, despite what his disapproving Sphinx Majordomo says. Oh my God, I love this cat man. We see a montage of alien foods, including a roast Bellardinelli, and then the squonk arrives. It's a friendly, fuzzy hippo dude. The squonk talks about how he doesn't need fancy stuff, just a bit of fruit and veg when he's killed and cooked. Yeah. The rich guy eats it, and suddenly he's continuing what the hippo was saying. The squonk is actually some sort of body-free thought-for monster. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, my God. Don't just eat food or else it'll take over your mind. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next story is called Care. Uh, oh. Script robot Alan McKenzie, art robot Richard Ellis, Richard Elson, letting robots John uh, Aldrich is the Aldrich Mark Three. I will make exceptions for an overly long future shock if it contains absolutely no words. It's fine. Yeah, this one it's the first time in the prog for Richard up. Elson. He'll do a ton of 2000 AD as well as actually Sonic comics outside of uh, the progs. All right, I'm really excited because he's um du- works with Dan Abnett on the on the thrill uh, uh Kingdom, which I'm really okay. excited to talk about. But that's in the mid 2000s, oh. so Gene Hackman will have to wait for all that stuff. <laughs> um, in this one, he's 26, and I think his style still needs some refinement. I'd say this one is a little uh, uh, rough around the edges, but still pretty good. Um, and mostly makes people like, into oogie. Like you said. Yeah. It opens with a narration box saying it's six years after the Sellafield disaster. Which what? And just so you know, Fox, that's also known as the wind scale fire. In 1957, a big fire broke out at a nuclear reactor in a, Sellif- in a, in a part, of, part of England. Ah. And it, uh, the fire burned for three days and basically led to 200 cases of thyroid cancer in oh, surrounding Jesus. areas. Jesus. It was a five out of seven on the international nuclear event scale. Ooh. 
Although I also think that that scale might be, I mean, it's not really, but that scale is one of those ones like the Richter where each level you go up, it's like not, it's not one time better. It's like a hundred times better. Exactly. Something like that. Because like Chernobyl, seven out of seven, you know, Oof. anyway. Um, a kid is taken in the night by police-assisted medical workers. He's brought to a gloomy facility where he's really sad. So his eyes bug out and his touch starts ki- making people explode into goop puddles. He- Guess that's what you do to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, he takes out a nurse and a few administrators and eventually escapes from the Institute of Genetic Research into the arms of his waiting mother. They walk off hand in hand, and six years after the disaster, they still can't find peace. I mean, this was a fun one just because it's wordless. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it's always interesting when there there is an attempt to tell a story with just images. It's I, primarily I, I like a visual medium, you know? Like, if yeah. you can't tell it wordlessly... I mean, that's uh, that's sort of like what we've seen since we started anyway, right? Like, there's a track to try and put in less and show a bit more. So Yeah, always the downfall of the, uh, of, of the podcast comic recap. <laughs> what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. Final story, Warriors. All right. Script about J.W. Uh, Mamo Mason, art about Massimo Bellardinelli, letter about Gordon Robson's kid. Uh, robots uh. beating each other up, I guess. Yeah, it's one of the only times in the prog for Mamo Mason... And it's basically just a chance for Bellardinelli to draw some sweet robots. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a three-pager, mostly art, two awesome robots beat the crap out of each other. Their battle damage looking really nice and intense until they're both destroyed. But then they must fight again. Okay. What? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> speaking, of fi- <laughs> speaking of fighting again, Fox. Oh, no. I have one battle question for you, and I must have an answer or else I'm going to Come to Europe and destroy you. <laughs> and that question is, what, what were you talking about in Thrills? Well, uh, you know, I guess you're not going to be real rock hard about my answer. It's likely not Strontium Dog, although I did really enjoy it. Um, I'm kind of getting my my way uh, to best by using a lot of words while I think about this. Sure. Um, That's what I do. Honestly, like Nemesis, I'm, I'm very likely to put on the bottom at this point. Not... Again, I huh. like I'm I'm I didn't glean from it what you did, although that may paint in a different light the next time I read this, kind of considering that. I I guess just like in that last issue I didn't really get that that mask was kind of coming off. If that's the case, okay, then there's some deeper movement going on here. I didn't really get that through their travels. It just seemed like a very yeah. sudden change that First was spurned on by his son dying. Then he goes into a psychic thing and he's like, oh, just fuck it. Now I know. And then he just turned into an I don't give a shit man. And even then retconning him into an I don't give a shit man is like a really weird thing for me. But I mean, I'll say, yeah, well, I, I, I just want to say, I, I do really agree with you that all of this is brought about by the fact that Pat Nils is fucking bored of Nemesis. Like, right. he does not care about this character anymore. And it definitely feels like Torquemada's show, but I really enjoy the Torquemada show, so that doesn't <laughs> really bother me all that much. Um, but yeah, so for Top Man, uh, so, you know, this is what I'll say. It would have been ABC Warriors, right? Like, the mm-hmm. action was fucking great. If it just weren't were for uh, like 565, which is basically the milling about episode of like, oh, everyone's showing up in the jail and then everyone's getting tossed into the mm-hmm. thing, right? Um, whereas when we're talking about, say, Judge Dredd, 
it is action all the time and then oh by the way like super sport or super surf 10 so my top very definitively goes to uh judge tread my bottom is very definitively um nemesis this hasn't been my favorite month but again like this the start of this year has been incredibly strong really enjoying it and so i must now know conrad how will you Mm. upset me in this battle of words by telling me your top and bottom thrills because if you don't tell me i will i guess like send a bomb to america using using a, a belt that you were trying to use to ask me my questions convoluted well now that we're on a watch list, good times. Oh, um, okay. no, oh, no. <laughs> um, I would say, ooh, I think I pretty much agree with you um, on, on, on Nemesis for the bottom. Um, like, I didn't, like, there's a lot of little things in this story that I, I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, again, just the um, the assassination of Nemesis by, by Pat Mills in the course of this story has been really rough. Yeah. Like, I haven't been enjoying that all that much like you know i, I kind of like nemesis or i've yeah. liked him in the past just and seemed so like a this good just, good rebellious dude yeah and so this decision to actually make him be all powerful and just sort of toying around with everybody i don't really like that that much i feel like there might i, I don't know let's see how this part of the plot continues um because i don't know if in the later versions how much this is followed up on but it is an interesting thing to keep in the background okay just like who's a bad guy and what a bad guy means. I mean, honestly, I will say on the counterpoint that having Nemesis not just be a knight in shining armor or or, or a a straight good guy is a more adult choice or whatever. It's a more like like, like mature characterization. But I don't know if I need mature characterization for my alien verse, um, like crazy space racist story. Yeah, (laughs) for my metal album cover come to life. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think moving on, like again, like loving st- um, stone killers, but like honestly, this one feels kind of light, I guess, mm. or I don't know. Like it's it it lacks it's it's lacking a little. Like e- even though we are about to get like the triumvirate of a uh, Johnny Red and Midden Face all at once, which I'm really excited about. Um, I, I think it lacks something that maybe um, a bitch or. Um, was lacking in terms of a fun Stronti dog story oh, instead of a serious I one. I mean, it I lacked all of the rock-based puns that you and I were fucking just, like, jetting out. I mean, this one has the rocks, but it's lacking the Reagan, and somehow that's, a diff- <laughs> that's something I'm missing. Um, and um, what else? I don't know. Like, like again, I liked ABC Warriors a lot. It mm. does. It did feel really rushed to me at the end, yeah. just, just the art and stuff. Although, like, I kind of liked both tossing guys into the breaker and especially, like, the stuff with Terry around. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's still that gems really in there. Neat. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, for my top, I think we're going to have to be solidarity once more. Yeah. And talk about Judge Dreadman because, like, we're deep in the, like, we're really in, in, in the climactic parts of um, of this Judge Dread epic, you know? That's some like, hot topic. Like, they nuked Judd, and now we're just in the super surf, which is balls to the wall action, like, constantly. Um, Actually, you make a good point. I mean, they just nuked an entire island that's off the coast of fucking Australia. No, and no, just no. Everyone it's, a was... mountain in the, it's a mountain in the middle of Australia, oh, for the record. So then everybody just kept fucking, like, racing anyway. No one really asked questions about the giant nuke that went off? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know, like, here's, like, Conrad's, like, I know nothing about Australian geography talking, but my understanding is that all of us, like, any part you've heard of in Australia is, like, at most, like, 20 miles in from the coast, basically. Okay. Um, and so if you've got Ayers Rock, which is kind of in the middle of Australia, it's very easy for people in the con- in the uh, in the metroplexes that are focused on this race to not even notice like, like a big explosion okay. going on in there. Plus, like if I if as I learned from uh, John Woo documentary Broken Arrow, like nukes aren't as bad if you explode them inside like a bunch of tunnels under a mountain and stuff, you know. <laughs> it's Fucking Broken Arrow reference. Live through that, you jerk. Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2k at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner 2K. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000. We should be there. Then come back next time as we experience Steve Dillon Palooza as one frog. We'll have Tyranny Rex, Haphazard, and Rogue Trooper returning for hit two. We got to work on that. Steve Dillon shindig, you know? I like Steve Dillon Palooza. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Strontium Dog continues to rock out. And after 26 progs and seven months, it's the dramatic conclusion to Oz. <gasps> I'm so excited. And it's. I'm super stoked, too. There's a lot of big stuff coming with the end of Oz. It's going to be great. And until then, I'm Conrad. He's Fox. And we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid first Oh, it's the Mimesis switching us goodbye. Oh, no. Oh, no.